The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And hello again, wrestling fans. We are back after almost a month off. Uh, go figure. A lot of things have been going on with uh, Jonesy and I uh, between rib fests uh, happening in different parts of Ontario. Uh, myself uh, running wrestling shows along with uh, Adam uh, Davio uh, for Hammerlock Pure Wrestling, where I am now officially part of the management team there. So uh, with that being sponsors, you're helping support all of us uh, that are part of Hammerlock Pure Wrestling. I'm just going to throw that up there right now. Uh, you can check us out at hammerlockpurewrestling.com for all our events with upcoming events coming to Elmer, St. Thomas, and Strathroy over the next couple of months. Uh, we are, this week in history, we are a little bit behind. Today's episode is back to uh, June 24th to June 30th. Jonesy and I are planning on catching up as soon as we can. Um, yeah, just some walkiness. I know I had COVID as well, but it was more like a uh, cold. So hopefully that's the worst it is for anybody who is now getting it in this I guess they're calling it the seventh wave. Um, but yeah, we are going to talk about some uh, history, which is even a little bit more history because of as of back to June. But we will catch up and we're going to uh, keep this uh, train going until the end of the year where we've made two cycles through and different uh, aspects and presentations of it. And then we'll tweak some things to keep the history going and we'll have more details as it gets closer to that. But we can't do any of that until we go over to Niagara Falls and check in with Jonesy. And how are you, sir? I'm just doing wonderful with the COVID. Yeah, uh, that was up to you if you wanted to uh, let the, uh, know what's going on right now. Uh, you also had a couple of rib fests. Uh, how were they? And uh, Chenum Rib Fest uh, was pretty good. Enjoyed uh, returning to that uh, Um London Rip Fest is uh, this weekend, as it is July, what is today's date? July 26th. I'm actually supposed to be in London right now, but because of COVID, I get to miss Christmas. Um, uh, I may still end up showing up at the very end to put it all away if I can test negative, which I have not yet. Uh, COVID, is, to me, is basically, it's like a flu cold, uh, but... My God, so tired, so sweaty. You think you're over it, and then you just go on another round of sweating. Um, yeah, it's affected everybody differently. For me, it was more like my allergies. Um, so, yeah, I'm hearing so many people in my uh, circle of friends that are getting it. Um, but, yeah, hopefully things work out for you. And you're here uh, to record, so that's a good thing. Had to do something so bored i've watched enough it seems every time i get sick i uh watch a lot of star trek movies i don't know what it is about star trek movies that's comforting but yeah i think i did that exact same thing because uh one of the guys i work with uh mentioned that star trek 2 was going to be back in the movie theaters somewhere and uh so i ended up watching uh two through seven or something like that while i was off with COVID as well um just also a thing for people who follow Hammerlock Beer Wrestling. We had an amazing uh, show at a brewery in Stratford. Sold out crowd. And we're going to be there a bunch of more times over the next uh, 16 months, I believe. And uh, also we crowned our first champion. Tyson Dukes is our first ever inaugural uh, Hammerlock Beer Wrestling champion. And we'll see what happens going forward. So... Now that we got all that uh, fun stuff out of the way and caught up on a month's worth of banter, well, in about uh, five minutes' time, let's hit some history. All right, we're going to start with the headlines. 36 years ago, June 24th, 1986, at the WWF Championship Wrestling Taping in Poughkeepsie, Betrayal in New York. Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff defeated Big John Studd in King Kong Bundy. After the match, Orndorff raised Hogan's hand, then blindsided him with a choke, uh, with a clothesline, and then a pile driver. Orndorff would betray Hogan and join the Heenan family. How could he? I know. Well, he deserved. But then magically, 
and that he was got cancer uh, what? and died. Yeah, but then it was eighty six, and I think late eighty seven for the very first Survivor Series. Rick Rude joined the Heenan family, and Orndorff was out and over on Hogan's uh, side. So he was only heel for like a a year or less, and then he disappeared. Well, one thing that that wrestling did uh, teach me as a child is uh, you could have someone turn on you, but don't worry. They'll come back to you eventually. Don't get over that middle area. You never wanted to be friends with Hogan because everybody turned on Hogan. That's right. 27 years ago, June 24th, 1995, in Philly, the second WWE Hall of Fame class is inducted. The 95 class included the fabulous Moolah, the Grand Wizard, Ernie Ladd, Pedro Morales, Ivan Putsky, Antonio Roca, and George the Animal Steel. Pedro Morales is one of the only living persons to miss a WWE Hall of Fame introduction. Uh, Pedro was working for WCW at the time as a Spanish a Spanish announcer. Yeah, and nowadays it doesn't matter because they'll uh, end up inviting uh, people from another company to be a part of a tribute thing. And yeah, they'll do it because AJ Styles appeared on uh, TNA's 20th anniversary and then John Cena's 20th anniversary. AEW allowed uh, Big Slow, Jericho, and uh, Daniel Bryan to uh, send messages. So, you know, there is a little bit of camaraderie still. Yeah, and we'll see with uh, everything that's happening in the WWE. Maybe there'll be more of that to come. Moving on, 26 years ago, June 24th, 1996, at a Monday Night Raw taping in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the Ultimate Warrior defeated Owen Hart by DQ. This would be the last match for the Warrior in the WWF, as he was fired shortly after. Some say it was because he skipped some house shows to grieve for uh, the father he wasn't so happy with, or was it over merchandising rights? Warrior would be replaced by Psycho Sid at In Your House 9. This match wouldn't air until the July 8th episode. Yeah, it was kind of awkward on that episode because he'd already gone, but they were showing the match and questioning who was going to replace him in the uh, match. Anybody would be better than the Warrior. June 24th, 2001, Booker T made his WWF debut by attacking Stone Cold Steve Austin and putting him through the Spanish announce table. This would uh, further aggravate neck and back issues for Stone Cold. Austin had just won a triple threat match to retain the WWE Championship against Jericho and Benoit. 20 years ago, June 24th, 2002, Bret Hart suffers a stroke and fell off his bicycle. Hart would lose feeling in his left side, uh, would have to relearn how to walk and talk. He would make a full recovery and even got back into the ring in limited capacity in 2010. And the oddest thing on that whole thing, if especially if you read uh, Brett's book, even though the animosity was there for the Montreal screw job and the death of Owen Hart, one of the first people to have called him that uh, as soon as it happened was Vince McMahon. And they talked and everything. So, I guess business aside, the personal uh, things were still available. Seven years ago, June 24th, 2015, during a live impact taping, Jeff Jarrett returns to the promotion he founded, TNA Wrestling. Matt Morgan and Sean Hernandez would return, and Vader would make the first of three appearances in TNA. On June 24, 2007, Chris Benoit no showed a WWE pay-per-view. It would be discovered that the unthinkable happened when the police found the Benoit family, Daniel, Nancy, and Chris, dead in their home. Odd messages had been sent out by Chris to Chavo Guerrero and others during the weekend. More details would come out over the next 24 to 30 hours, and more on that in a little bit. 20 years ago, June 25th, 2002, at a SmackDown taping in Chicago, Illinois, John Zena makes his WWE television debut, answering the open challenge of Kurt Angle. Angle would defeat Zena in the bout, but of course, not without some ruthless aggression. 
June 25th, 2006, uh, we would be treated to Kane versus Kane. A fake Kane was brought in as part of the promotion for See No Evil, starring the real Kane. This fake Kane was played by Luke Gallows, who was in the WWE developmental system at the time playing Freakin' Deacon. While the fake Kane won, uh, he would be sent packing by the real Kane the next night on Raw. Gallows uh, returned to the WWE later as Festus. And 10 years ago, June 25th, 2012, WWE releases Chavo Guerrero Jr. Guerrero was one of the 25 that were brought in following WWF's purchase of WCW in 2001. And not Hag and Sean. Yeah, so on uh, June 25th, 2007, WWE Raw opened with Vince McMahon in an empty arena. The scheduled show had been postponed due to the death of Chris Benoit. The entire show was dedicated to the memory of Benoit. Unfortunately, during the broadcast, news came out that the deaths of Chris, his son Daniel, and wife Nancy, known in WCW as woman, were being investigated as a double murder-suicide. Vince McMahon would regret uh, dedicating an entire episode of Raw to Benoit and make a statement uh, the next night. ECW on Sci-Fi opened with Vince McMahon giving a statement about Chris Benoit's tribute Raw the night before, which they uh, didn't know the horrible details 24 hours prior to celebrating the wrestler. Uh, I was hearing uh, Dave Meltzer, a good old Uncle Dave, uh, talk about this actually the other day. And I guess uh, when it was brought up, there was rumblings about what had happened before they went on the air, but because it wasn't confirmed by the police and everything like that, they went ahead with the tribute. And then, as I just read, it was uh, partway through the show that they realized what had gone on, but they unfortunately weren't able to pull it from the West Coast uh, feed either. So I'm betting, though, if you were to go to uh, Peacock, you wouldn't find that episode of Raw available for... uh, reviewing. I'd have to check it myself, but I doubt it's happening. Hmm. Uh, here are the details of uh, Vince McMahon's release. He said, uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Last night on Monday Night Raw, the WWE presented a special tribute show recognizing the career of Chris Benoit. However, now 20, uh, some 26 hours later, the facts of this horrible uh, tragedy are now apparent. Therefore, other than my comments, there will be no mention of Mr. Benoit's name tonight. On the contrary, tonight's show will be dedicated to everyone who has uh, been affected by this terrible incident. This evening marks the first step of the healing process. Tonight, WD performers will do what they do better than anyone else in the world, entertain you. Uh, of course, he got basically banned from uh, the network and... It was a lot of matches gone by the wayside over the last while. Matches have uh, started reappearing on the network, but they're not spotlighting that, oh, this is the Chris Benoit thing. I think a lot of people question about why it was done. I think the they were doing the best thing to not allow people to capitalize financially on it because when something tragic like that happens – you see so much merchandise out there and people just gobbling it all up so that they can say, I had the last thing of this or buy it up just to resell it for double the value, quadruple the value. And the WD was able to stop that uh, for the longest time. And now it doesn't matter. People know that he wrestled and they can have their opinion one way or another. We just recently heard Jordan Grace with her opinion on it, whether it's right or wrong. 42 years ago, uh, 1980, June 26th, in Tokyo, Japan, Antonio Inoki and heavyweight boxing champion Muhammad Ali fought to a 15-round draw in a boxer versus wrestler match. Even though this match was a work, Inoki would land 107 kicks on the back of Ali, only to hit four, uh, four to six punches. This is regarded as a boring match but did great for Inoki's career to go 15 rounds with Muhammad Ali. Not uh, so much for Ali, 
as he would suffer some uh, blood clots in his legs and almost lose them. It would uh, limit his mobility going forward. 19 years ago, on June 29th, 2003, Hulk Hogan announced his Mr. America character was on hiatus and that he was done with the WWE, citing unhappiness with his creative direction. Three days later, Hogan's Mr. America character would be written off, brother. Hogan left the WWE over creative issues. Hogan wanted to be the big cheese. WWE did not, and so Hogan uh, didn't want to be second fiddle to anybody, and he wanted to still matter. And our final headline of this episode, 13 years ago, June 30th, 2009, a very big white uh, Stephen Fairley made his WWE television debut as Seamus. In his debut for ECW, he defeated John Oliver. And yeah, thankfully he started to figure out how to tan, even though he is a uh, Irish ginger. But uh, yeah, the, and they take advantage of that with these uh, entrances, uh, shining the spotlight on him, and it just reflects right off his uh, skin tone. But uh, yeah, he, he, he is related to Muppet Beaker, so yeah. Moving right. on to some deaths. Deaths. Thirty years ago, nineteen ninety-two, June twenty-six, Herman Road Jr., aka Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, uh, died. He was seventy-one, and I think it's pronounced Road or Rude, Road, Road, Rude. There you go. He would be post harmlessly inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in nineteen ninety-four. 96 years ago, June 28, 2013, Wade, uh, Matthew Wade Osborne, a.k.a. the original Doink the Clown, was found dead at his apartment in Plano, Texas. He was 55. Matt was born on June 27, 1957, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, as a wrestler, he would start with various NWA territories, including Pacific Northwest Wrestling, a, which he was a former heavyweight champion and four-time tag champ, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, where he won his first championship in 1980, Mid-South Wrestling, All-Star Wrestling, and Maple Leaf Wrestling in Canada. He would join the WWF in the mid-80s and was on the first WrestleMania card. He moved on to WCCW in 91, and he joined WCW as Big Josh, who loved to dance with bears in a lumberjacket. He'd hold on to the U.S. belt and the six-man tag titles. In 92, Doink the Clown would be born, and of course, you know the rest of the story, or maybe you don't. Uh, he would move on to ECW after some drug issues and reprise the clown character with a twist. Uh, it was a broken clown, a dirty, unshaven, no-wig kind of clown who would put a clown suit on his fallen opponents. He would return to the WWF and reprise Doink at the Legends Battle Royal. It was determined Matt had died of an accidental overdose of morphine and hedro. Uh, Corridone. Uh, he also had a heart disease at the time of his death, which may have also played a factor. Yeah, I actually kind of uh, like that uh, Doink the Clown, but I also was a fan of Big Josh. Yeah, I, uh, the the original Doink I thought was uh, um, it, it, it was it was good, and it it helped that he was a very good wrestler, and his finisher he did flying off the top rope, uh, landing uh, on the guy with his ass was, uh, uh, at the time, a quite unique uh, finisher. The whoopee cushion. The whoopee cushion, yes. 13 years ago, June 29th, 2009, in Mexico City, twin brothers, Mexican minis, Alberto Perez and Jimenez El Gerandro, were found dead in a hotel room. The brothers were 34 years old and wrestled as La Parquerica and Esperitro Number no. 2. Uh, they were approached by two female prostitutes following a Sunday night show and taken to a hotel. The brothers uh, were served spiked alcoholic drinks, so the ladies who were part of a crime syndicate known as La Flirtation could rob them. 
Unfortunately, because the brothers were small, the drinks would be fatal. Uh, the ladies were charged uh, for the double murder, and in July 2010 were each sentenced to 47 and a half years in prison. Uh, Alejandro briefly did appear for the WWF in 97 and 98 as Mini Mankind. And we'll let Sean do the birthdays. Yeah, we'll start off with uh, June 24th. Uh, happy birthday, 44th birthday to Adam Pierce. Uh, Pierce is a retired wrestler who worked for the WD uh, right now as the basically manager, general manager, and uh, he is a producer and multi-time NWA uh, champion. He was uh, Pierce's very successful career with both the indie scene and the big times. He held British Commonwealth Heavyweight Championship, the Pro Wrestling Guerrilla World Championship, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship five times, as I said, which is only behind Jeff Jarrett, Harley Race, and Ric Flair. Pierce is also in the NWA Hall of Fame class of 2015. June 24th would have been the 64th birthday of one of Hulk Hogan's greatest villains on and off screen, Zeus, the human wrecking machine, Thomas Tiny Lester Jr. June 24th, Ray Horace turned 38. Jessamine Duke turned 36. On June 25th, Mark Haskins turned 34. Uh, Princea Sujit turned 42, and it's a happy 41st birthday to Layla L., also known as Layla. She was a 2006 WD Divas winner, the Divas Search winner, former dancer for the Carnival Cruise Lines, the NBA Miami Heat, and Kanye West. She was part of ECW's dance troupe Extreme Expose before being drafted to Raw and briefly managed William Regal. She would join Michelle McCool and become her BFF as Lay Cool. She would win the Divas Championship in April of 2012. That year, she was ranked number six in PWI Female 50 and number 95 in Maximum's, Maximum Magazine's Hot 100. She would retire from wrestling in 2015 and marry former WWE performer Ricky Ortiz in November 2015. On June 26th, it's a happy 45th birthday to Matthew K., also known as Matt Stryker. June 26th, it's a happy 52nd birthday to Sandra Gonzalez Calderon. Uh, Lucha fans know her better as Lady Apache. June 26th, let me switch uh, slides. June 26th would be the 72nd birthday of Larry Wells, best known as Pretty Boy Larry Sharp. Uh, Mark uh, Mark Jindrak turning 45 on June 26th, and also June 26th would have been the 92nd birthday of Jackie Fargo. <clears throat> we'll move over to our Superstar Spotlight, and we'll look at J.J. Dillon. Uh, born June 26, 1942, so he turned 80 years old. He's from Trenton, New Jersey, debuted in 1968, retired in 2003. He was trained by Eddie Graham and worked for the NWA, WCW, WJF, TNA, and AEW, making a few appearances recently. He was also known as James J. Dillon, JoJo Dillon, Jim Dillon, and Jim Vance. PWA named him Manager of the Year in 1982, 83, and 88. He's in the WD Hall of Fame for 2012, which I believe is part of the Four Horsemen, and WA Hall of Fame in 2014, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2013, Cauliflower Alley Club in 2007, the Luthez Award in 2016, Championship Wrestling from Florida, he won the NWA Florida Heavyweight Championship, NWA Florida Tag Team Champions, and the Florida TV Championship. For the NWA Central States, he won the Tag Team Titles, the International Championship, and the Washington State Champion uh, TV title. And for ESA International Championship, 
He uh, also got the international tag team title and the North American uh, championship. Um, this picture that people are seeing right now is actually the most recent picture I found of him because he uh, was on an episode of, yes, Judge Steve Harvey. Yeah. How Steve Harvey is able to be a judge, but it's definitely just a lot of fiction, how a lot of those uh, court TV shows are anyways. But he was uh, suing uh, Kevin Sullivan for money that he lent him to buy an RV, I believe it was. And uh, they lost their friendship and everything, and Steve got them back together, and everything got settled, and then Steve uh, took photos with them. He put up the symbol of excellence, the four uh, fingers, and yeah, it was. they were on a recent episode of Judge Steve Harvey. If you ever want to see J.J. Dillon versus Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, that sounds like ratings. <laughs> we'll switch over to some uh, events. Uh, big events 28 years ago, June 24th, 1994, Eastern Championship Wrestling presented Hostile City Showdown from Philly. 21 years ago, June 24th, 2001, WWF presented King of the Ring 2001. 15 years ago, June 24th, 2007, WWE presented Vengeance, Night of Champions. The show is remembered by the no-show of Chris Benoit, which, of course, would turn out to be you-know-what. Ten years ago, June 24th, 2012, Ring of Honor presented Best in the World 2012, a hostage crisis from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. 27 years ago, June 25th, 1995, WWF presented what many consider one of the worst WWE pay-per-view, King of the Ring 95, from the Spectrum in Philly, which was only beat out by WCW's Uncensored 95. Uh, and also ECW chants and fan presence uh, could be uh, seen and heard throughout the crowd. In the Yoko match, you can watch the ECW regulars giving Cornette a good time. Uh, the WWE Network version, you can see some ECW regular fans in the front row. If anything, it's that to go back and watch how that interaction, because King Mabel, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, King of the Ring uh, turned into a stinker for years, in my opinion. 22 years ago, June 25th, 2000, WWF presented King of the Ring 2000. Uh, the tournament started with 32 participants. Uh, this was the most of any year. The final eight left in the tournament would be featured on the pay-per-view. Uh, this one was also considered a stinker for WWE. It had a Briscoe-Patterson evening gown match and a dumpster match. 16 years ago, June 25th, 2006, WWE would present Vengeance from North Carolina. 17 years ago, 2005, uh, June 26th, WWE presented Vengeance from Las Vegas, Nevada. 18 years ago, June 27th, 2004, WWE presented The Great American Bash. 23 years ago, June 27th, 1999, WWF presented King of the Ring 99. 24 years ago, June 28, 1998, WCW presented Saturday Nitro. This was a pay-per-listen event, the first of six uh, WCW put on in 97 and 98. Definitely a forerunner to uh, things like podcasts. And uh, if they had the... I clearly didn't see, hear it, but if they had the right people in place, you could uh, liken it to uh, a baseball game. Uh, if they could uh, do it properly, I don't see why they don't do it more often uh, for any organization. Yeah, um, and you know, maybe short it down, I don't know, about three hours of listening to uh, people talking about a match that's going on. Uh, I know one of those um, that they did, it was kind of funny because they had a steel cage match. And I don't know that <laughs> that, that would kind of suck to listen to a, a steel cage match. Yeah. Like I said, if you had the right people in place like a JR or Gordon Soley who could uh, be good descriptors, it would be uh, good. 
Maybe not a Vince McMahon in his prime uh, doing uh, what a maneuver, what a maneuver. You you wouldn't get too far in knowing what happened in that uh, match, but <laughs> uh, McMahon, you know, he wasn't that great at calling matches, in my personal opinion. Because man, you you listen to it now, the amount of times the person was pinned. Oh no, no, he's not. Like, really? It was the same thing over and over again for every match. Anyways, 13 years ago, June 28, 2009, WWE presented The Bash. 14 years ago, June 29, 2008, WWE presented Night of the Champions, where all the titles were on the line. Eight years ago, June 29, 2014, WWE presented Money in the Bank. And now some title changes, and uh, we'll let uh, Sean start that fun. Sure. 26 years ago on June 24th, 1996, on Nitro from Charlotte, North Carolina, Harlem Heat, Booker T, and Stevie Ray defeated Lex Luger and Sting and the Steiner Brothers, Rick and Scott, in a three-team match to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. June 24th, 2001, Edge defeated Kurt Angle to win the King of the Ring Tournament. Angle defeated uh, Christian, and Edge defeated Rhino to make it to the finals. 16 years ago, on June 24, 2006, from San Francisco, California, Chandler Melissa defeated Jazz in a Falls Count Anywhere match to win the All Pro Wrestling Chick Fight 5 tournament. Other participants included Tanny Mouse, Yoko, uh, Yoshiko. Tamara, Allison Danger, Miss Chiff, Sammy uh, Sakai, and Simply Luscious. Interesting names. It's some, some fat guy. <laughs> yeah. June 24, 2007, Johnny Nitro defeated CM Punk uh, for the uh, Bobby Lashley vacant uh, ECW championship belt. And Candice Michelle defeated Molina to win the new WWE Women's Championship. 14 years ago, on June 24, 2008, at TNA Impact Tapings in Orlando, Florida, Taylor Wilde defeated Awesome Kong to win $25,000 and the TNA Knockouts Championship. June 24th. The All Night Express defeated Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team to win the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. 54 years ago, on June 25, 1968, in Nicoya, Japan, Boba Brazil defeated Giant Baba to win the NWA International Heavyweight Championship. He would lose it back to Giant Baba just two days later in Tokyo. 30 years ago, on June 25, 1992, at WCW Main Event Tapings in Kansas City, Missouri, the Barbarian and Dick Slater defeated the Fabulous Freebirds, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin, to win the WCW United States Tag Team Championship. They would be the last duo to hold the titles as the championship was retired on July 31st. June 25, 1995, Mabel defeated Savio Vega to win the King of the Ring tournament. Savio was a late replacement for Razor Ramon and had to wrestle four times if he was to win the tournament. Mabel only had to face the Undertaker and went into the finals against Savio with a bye. June 25, 2000, Edge and Christian win the WWF Tag Team Championship, defeating Too Cool. WF Hardcore Champion Pat Patterson fought Gerald Briscoe to a no contest in a hardcore evening gown match because, yeah, it, it's Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe in drag. Go figure. Crash Holly defeated uh, Pat Patterson to win the WF Hardcore uh, Championship. The hardcore evening gown match was voted the worst match of 2000 by Wrestling Observer Newsletter readers, and The Rock won the WF. Championship in a long-winded stipulation match that uh, to become the five-time championship, joining Hogan and Bret Hart to hold that belt five times. Kurt Angle won the 2000 King of the Ring tournament, defeating Rikishi in the finals. I'll tag out. 
21 years ago, June 25th, 2001, on Raw is War from New York City, Rhino defeated Test to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. However, he would lose it to a debuting Mike Awesome. This would mark the first active ECW wrestler to win a WWF title. And X-Pop defeated Jeff Hardy to win the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. June 25th, 2006, Johnny Nitro defeated Shelton Benjamin and Carlito in a triple threat match to win the WWE IC belt. 14 years ago, June 25th, 2008, in Barcelona, Spain, the ultimate warrior in his first match since retiring in 99 and his last match ever defeated Orlando Jordan to win the new wrestling elevator. Evolution World Heavyweight Championship. Warrior would uh, vacate the championship and retire again that night. Yeah, and there's a lot of really bad stuff attached to that whole thing because uh, of Orlando Jordan's uh, sexual orientation and Warrior's mouth. Yeah, uh, for those who praise Warrior for everything he did and he gets this lovely Warrior Award and his wife gets the uh, spread the good news and uh, cheer. You don't want to go back and look at anything involving that match, promo-wise or anything, because it, it's just totally opposite than what they say about Warrior. Indeed. 13 years ago, June 25th, 2009, at a TNA Impact taping, Tara defeated Angelina Love to win the TNA Knockouts Championship. And Homicide would defeat Suicide to win the TNA X Division Championship. It's a lot of death there. Homicide yes. and Suicide. Seven years ago, June 25th, 2015, at an impact taping at a Universal Orlando, EC3 defeated Kurt Angle to win the TNA World Heavyweight Belt. 30 years ago, 1992, June 26th, in Tokyo, Japan, the Steiner Brothers defeated Big Van Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow to win the IWGP Tag Team belts. And another title cha changed hands as El Samurai defeated Jushin Thunder Liger to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. 21 years ago, 2001, June 26, at a SmackDown taping in New York City, Albert defeated Kane to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. You kind of forget that that guy actually won titles other than uh, over in Japan as Giant Bernard. And yeah, now he's training all the uh, newer NXT guys. Good for him for uh, keeping employed. Uh, 21, uh, we already did that one. Uh, June 26, 2011, El Generico defeated Christopher Daniels to win the ROH World Television title. Davy Richard would also defeat Eddie Edwards to win the ROH World belt. 50 years ago, 19, uh, sorry, 1972, June 27th in Philly, Professor Tanaka and Mr. Fuji defeated Chief J. Strongbow and Sonny King to win the WWF Tag Team Belts. Do, do, do. 24 years ago, 1998, June 27th in Philly, Rob Van Dam and Sabu defeated Chris Candido and Lance Storm to win the ECW World Tag Belts. On June 27th, 1999, Mr. Ass defeated X-Pac to win the King of the Ring Tournament. Billy Gunn defeated Kane and X-Pac defeated Road Dogg uh, to advance to the tournament finals. 22 years ago, 2000, June 27th, at a SmackDown taping, Steve Blackman defeated Crash Holly to win the WWF Hardcore belt. Yeah, if, if I recall right, Steve Blackman is now a bounty hunter. Oh, nice. Oh, I wish I would do something majorly illegal so he'd come after me. June 27, 2004, John Bradshaw Layfield defeated Eddie Guerrero in a Texas bull rope match to win the WWE Championship. And I'll hand it off to Sean after this one. Nine years ago, 2013, June 27th, the TNA Knockouts Tag Team Championship, held for 16 months by ODB and Eric Young, was officially retired. 
39 years ago, on June 28, 1983, in New York City, Chief J. Strongbow and Jules Strongbow defeated Mr. Fuji and Mr. Sayedo to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. June 28, 1998, Kane defeated Steve Austin in a first blood match to become the WWF Champion. Kind of interesting, a, a first blood match between him and Austin, and he's covered head to toe with a costume. How you're going to get him to bleed first was beyond me, and even they wondered that when they made up the stipulation, but they knew the next night they were just going to get it back to Austin anyways. I uh, never liked first blood matches. I thought they were, that was a stupid concept when you consider how easy some of those guys could bleed. Uh, it was just, to me, the first blood match was pointless. Yeah, I think uh, they did a first blood match one time with Ric Flair. And Rick bled first, and it's like, uh, and he wasn't supposed to. And yeah, and I believe he it. actually won that match because they ignored the fact. Yeah, that he, he ended up. He ended up winning later on, even though he was bleeding. It was weird. Go figure. Uh, let's see. Twenty-three years ago, on June twenty-eighth, nineteen ninety-nine, on Raw's War from Charlotte, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated the Undertaker to win the WWF Championship. The win made Austin just the third man to win the WF Championship four times, joining Hogan and Bret Hart. June 28, 2009, Rey Mysterio defeated Chris Jericho in a mask versus title match to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Had Mysterio lost, he would have been forced to unmask again. Uh, of course, uh, just the other night, they celebrated 20 years of him being in WWE. Meanwhile, he actually left for a while to be at Lucha Underground. I love numbers. Edging yeah. uh, Chris Jericho defeated Carlito and Primo to win the WWE Unified Tag Team Championship. Michelle McCool defeated Molina to win the WWE Women's Championship. Ten years ago, on June 28, 2010, on a live episode of Impact, Bad Influence, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian defeated AJ Styles and Kurt Angle to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. 36 years ago, on June 29th, 1986, in Denver, Colorado, Nick Bockwinkle defeated Stan Hansen by forfeit to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. Stan Hansen actually left the AWA and took the belt with him. He was on his way to All Japan Pro to defend the title in an already advertised match uh, defending the belt. In no way was he going to drop the title to Bachwinkle, and his loyalty was to All Japan and Giant Baba. Hansen planned on dropping the belt after the All Japan Tour. The AWA is Vern Gagne, would strip Hansen of the title, and Hansen would then take the AWA belt and run it over with his truck. Why are we not surprised that Hansen would do that? He was also a renowned... Uh, redneck and KKK member. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and sent the mangled belt back to Vern Gagne. Bachwinkle would have the belt restored. Hanson would then end up winning the NWA International Championship on the tour. 24 years ago, on June 29th, 1998, on Raw's War, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Kane to regain the WWF Championship just one day after losing it in a first blood match to Kane. If I recall right, that was uh, when he also had the Zamboni in Detroit and went, launched himself off the top of the Zamboni during the ceremony to give Kane the title, which I believe they also brought out the old Winged Eagle title in a case that night. So weird what all went on that night. 23 years ago, on June 29, 1999, at Raw's War, the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, defeated the Acolytes to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. On June 29, 2008, Legacy, Cody Rhodes, and Ted DiBiase defeated Hardcore Holly to win the World Tag Team Championship. Holly had won the title with Rhodes, but Rhodes would turn on him at the pay-per-view. Kofi Kingston defeated Chris Jericho, to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Mark Henry defeated Kane and The Big Show to win the ECW Championship. Nine years ago, on June 29, 2013, 
at Impact Taping in Las Vegas. Chris Saban defeated Austin Aries and Manic to win the end of uh, the TNA X Division Championship. June 29th, 2014, saw Seth Rollins defeat Rob Van Dam, Jack Swagger, Dolph Ziggler, Kofi Kingston, and Dean Ambrose in a Money in the Bank ladder match for the future WWE World Heavyweight Championship shot at any time up to one year. That same event saw John Cena defeat Sheamus, Bray Wyatt, Alberto Del Rio, Cesaro, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and Kane in a ladder match to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. 61 years ago, uh, on June 30th, 1961, in Chicago, Illinois, the match of the century took place as Buddy Rogers defeated Pat O'Connor two falls to one in a best-of-three-falls match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in front of a record crowd at the time of 38,622 in Kaminsky Park. And that's impressive for 1961. Of course. 27 years ago, on June 30th, 1995, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, Raven, and Stevie Richards defeated the Public Enemy to win the ECW World Tag Team Championship. The bout would air in July on ECW Hardcore TV. 19 years ago, on June 30th, 2003, Raw uh, from Buffalo, New York, Gail Kim made her WWE debut, last eliminating Victoria in a seven-woman battle royal to win the WWE Women's Championship. Jazz was the defending champion. 14 years ago, on June 30th, 2008, on Raw, CM Punk catches in his Money in the Bank briefcase and quickly defeats Edge to win the World Heavyweight Championship. And finally, June 30th, 2014, Raw from Hartford, Connecticut. AJ Lee defeated Paige in just 61 seconds to win the WWE Divas Championship. For some birthdays. Birthdays. June 27th, it's a happy 32nd birthday to Kimberly Fr- uh, Frank L, a.k.a. Kimberly. June 28th, John Hendenreich, Hendon, oh my, why can't I say that word? Hendenreicher, Hendenreich, yeah, that's right, I guess. Well, who cares? He's 50. June 29th, happy 36th birthday to Serena Deb, uh, former WWE developmental uh, star and also six-time OVW women's champ. She also wrestled for Shimmer, Shine, Wrestling New Classic, and TNA. She uh, currently works for AEW after being a trainer for WWE at the Performance Center. June 29th, it's a happy 81st birthday to John Miller, a.k.a. British wrestler Johnny Saint, the man of a thousand moves. Uh, The Saint was uh, based on the popular TV series The Saint, starring Roger Moore. He would win the British Lightweight Championship and nine runs as the World Lightweight Champion. Just a quick uh, thing back to Serena Deeb for a second. Uh, Fans would also possibly remember Serena as the only girl who got her head shaved as part of the Straight Edge Society with uh, Luke Gallows and CM Punk. That is right. Uh, June 29th, Damian Demento turns 64. Uh, Also on that day, uh, Boris Malenko would be 89. Uh, June 30th sees a bunch of birthdays, including Alicia Fox, who turns 36. Cody Rhodes turns 37. Scott Dawson slash Dax Harwood turns 38. And Sue Young turns 33. And, of course, on June 30th, it's a happy 56th birthday to Iron Mike Tyson. Uh, Of course, Tyson was uh, born in Brooklyn. Tyson is the youngest world heavyweight champion in boxing. He held the World Boxing Council, World Boxing Association, and the International Boxing Federation heavyweight championships at the same time. Uh, He was convicted of raping a beauty pageant contestant and was sentenced to six years in prison, but only served three. In 1996, he won back both the 
WBA and WBC heavyweight championships, but then he lost the belt in the rematch. He bit the ear off of Holyfield, which they have kissed and made up since then. Uh, he received $3 million for his appearance at WrestleMania 14, and he joined the class of 2012 WWE Hall of Fame. Tyson is also a member of the International and World Boxing Hall of Fame. He's one of those guys that um, definitely has made a mark in the world, both in good as far as the sports boxing world and also as a raping bastard that he is. Yeah, he was and, married to Robin Givens. Uh, people remember her uh, on Hell of the Class, potentially. And uh, with him going to WWE, um, that was sort of, uh, Eric Bischoff says, was one of the things that kind of turned the ship around for WWE uh, in their battle with WCW. Because when Tyson appeared on Raw, there's people backstage at Nitro going, um, look at this, and he kind of knew he was screwed, and saw well, the swing it, going for there. It, it was a way for uh, Vince to be able to get his wrestling in the real news for a while. And also on June 30th, Ed the Strangler Lewis, who wasn't really a real strangler, um, would have turned 131. And I'll leave you with the Superstar Spotlight. Yeah, uh, so we're going to be on Terry Funk, and it is our last birthday uh, for this uh, episode. I am moving to the finish of our show. Terry Funk was born June 30th, 1944, just turned 78 years old. Uh, he just recently had a picture taken with Mick Foley and sadly is not looking uh, the greatest at this moment. Plus, he has, I believe, Alzheimer's. But he was born in Armorello, Texas. Trained by his father, Dory Funk, debuted in 1965, retired in 2017, which you never know when he was actually going to retire because there were so many retirement matches. But well, I'm sure in his mind, he's still <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, but there was no barbed wire in shuffleboard, so he had to keep on going. Uh, so officially, he did though have his last match in 2017. He worked in ECW, NWA, Shuffleboard, Stampede Wrestling, WCW, WWF, and WWE, TNA, IWA, uh, Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, USWA, and FMW. He was also known as the Black Baron, Chainsaw Charlie, the Texan, and Doctor Know It All. And he would have been one of the knights. On uh, Shawn Michaels' team, which was supposed to be Jerry Lawler's team, but because they didn't really have anything concrete and they were supposed to unmask each of these knights as soon as they lost, all of a sudden, if you uh, listen to uh, something wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, I guess uh, Terry called up Bruce and went, Pritchard, my horse has gone lame. I'm going home. And he no-showed, and they got somebody else to be in there. And then Sean was the leader instead of Jerry. Yeah. So he was never one of the knights, but he was supposed to be, and he would have added that to the list of his also known as. Uh, so huge career with a lot of accolades going on. He played a bouncer in uh, Roadhouse. It was in the movie Over the Top. Featured in Beyond the Mat, where he was supposed to have one of his retirement matches. And we saw him with his family and his daughter getting married. Choreographed the street fight in Rocky V between uh, Rocky and, I want to say, uh, Tommy the Gun Morrison. Uh, for titles, he's one-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion, one-time WAF Tag Team Champion, two-time NWA World Oh, sorry, WCW US champion. Three-time uh, WCW hardcore champion. Two-time ECW world heavyweight champion. One-time ECW TV champion. One-time USWA unified world champion. One-time Juggalo championship wrestling uh, champ. One-time NWA Missouri champion. 
one-time squared circle wrestling champion, and that's just some of the highlights of 56 championships in total worldwide. Some of his accolades included being inducted into the Liberty Hall of Fame in 2009, the NWA Hall of Fame in 2009, WCW Hall of Fame in 1995, I believe that was a summer uh, slamboree, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2004, the Tokyo Sports Lifetime Achievement Award in 1983. Get Lifetime Achievement Award in 83, and he didn't retire for another, what, uh, is that 34 years later? Something like that? Crazy. Stampede Wrestling Hall of Fame in 1995. St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2010. Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame in 1996. PWA and Wrestling Observer Newsletter awarded him the Feud of the Year versus Flair in 1989. Wrestling Observer Newsletter claimed him to be the hardest worker, best heel, and brawler in 1989. PWA said he was the Wrestler of the Year in 1976 and ranked at number 22 in the PWA 500 in 1991. So a huge career for yep. Terry Funk. Happy 78th birthday to the Funker. He played a huge role in a lot of guys' careers, including Steve Austin, where uh, he confronted Steve Austin at, I think it was Shotgun Saturday Night, if I remember, um, when uh, Steve Austin was just starting the whole 316 uh, bit. Yeah, so huge so career. A guy that deserves him. a state funeral when he ever does die. Oh, yeah. And while we know the friendship he had with Mick Foley and still to this day and the influence they ha he had on Mick's career, especially in Japan with all the death matches. Mm -hmm. And I'll let you wrap things up. All right. This week in wrestling history is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CagesideSeats.com, and as always, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. Uh, and of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, as always, Sp uh, cool bet coolbet.com and sportsbook betting and casino games stay cool bet responsibly and from our other sponsors that being hammerlock pure wrestling bring back the golden age of professional wrestling we are currently looking for sponsors for our shows coming up so if you would like to be a part of it please reach out to us at hammerlockpurewrestling.com and you can find out more details of how you can be involved. And we have shows coming up August 20th in Elmer, Ontario, October 23rd in St. Thomas, and October 30th, a special matinee Halloween show for the whole family in Strathroy. Tickets are always $20 for our shows, family-friendly, and you don't want to miss all the great wrestling action that we bring to you from Hammerlock Pure Wrestling, bringing back, as I said, the golden age of professional wrestling. Family-friendly from all ages, grandparents and grandchildren can all enjoy. So thank you for joining us in this week's edition of This Week in History, and we will see you on our next episode whenever that drops so that we can start catching up. So until then, have a great uh, day, and we'll see you next time.